Welcome back to Primetime Kansas City. It is week one. It is finally here. Football season. It is time. Let's get it going. For those yes. that are new to the program, every week we do a lock of the week in the NFL where all each three of us, me, Josh, and John, will pick one line, either the favorite or the dog, and we pick which one we like. It can be as little as a one-point spread. It can be as high as a 20-point spread. It doesn't matter for lock of the week. For underdog of the week, however, we pick a team that is favored to lose by more than three points. It has to be by more than three. If it's three, it doesn't count. Three and a half to 20, however many points you want to do. As long as they win the game, that's all that matters. That's not a cover. That's a win. Uh, yeah, I mean, we are officially back. This year's punishment, which was literally created about, what, two minutes ago? Uh, this, is the first, yeah. this is the first time we actually have a legit punishment that I know we will do too. Yeah. So uh, whoever comes in last in lock of the week this year is going to have to run a beer mile, which is essentially uh, every quarter of a mile you have to drink a beer, and then that continues throughout the whole mile. Whoever gets last in underdog of the week is going to have to run half of a beer mile. Uh, so if you were to lose both per se, which I hate to say is very possible between the three of us, you would have to do a mile and a half beer run. <laughs> lot, lot at stake. Oh lot, God. lot at stake um, for this season. <laughs> um, right, and this is all going to be uh, recorded too. Oh, so yeah, this, this will be, be going up out. on the YouTube channel, hundred uh, percent. And it's probably going to be in like January or February. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So, are, we, are we doing this in January? Or are we going to wait till a nice day? It's going to be fucking cold. We so we are doing it in January. I think that'd be even funnier. Drinking a are cold beer in the cold would be so ass. What? Are we extending through the playoffs like usual? Ooh. We will extend through. Uh, the no, division. no, no, yes, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. We're extending through the divisional round. Once we get to conference championship, it's over. All right. Not, we're all, we're all, none of us are going to be home then. Like that's the thing. That's true. For the conference championship, I'm going to be home. Well, <laughs> assuming, assuming one of our one of yeah, teammates. but no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I probably won't be home. Fine, we can do oh. regular season. We can just, just do regular season. Shut the hell up, Josh. <laughs> John, we don't act like you're don't you act like what? you're gonna we, win. We can create a then, separate. We can create a separate yeah, punishment for the. Playoffs. I was thinking, how about that? Yeah, punishment. We'll do. I think we did overs in like underdogs or some shit like that. We'll do that, and that'll be its own punishment. Okay. Enough yip yapping. Oh, it's time to get to it. Start throwing punishments out. That's great. <laughs> let's start. Let's get to it. Week one, Thursday night football. Lions at Chiefs. We are recording this uh, about 4 p.m. Uh, Central Time on a Tuesday. Kelsey got a hyperextended knee earlier this morning, the severity of which we are not sure. They've done an MRI. He is. Probably not going to play on Thursday, which is honestly not the worry right now. I'm more worried about going forward. But that's noteworthy because this morning, the line was Chiefs minus six and a half. As of right now, it is Chiefs minus five. Oh, crap. And uh, by the way, last year I won, so we are starting the year off with me going first, John second, Jackson third. Next week we will go off of what? Won't we go off of worst record? I think we'll go – yeah, worst gets to go first. But for this yeah, week, week, for this week yeah. best gets to go first. Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm staying away from this line. I don't know this line because I know it's going to move. Like if Kelsey plays, it's going to move, and it will be a good pick to have. But if Kelsey doesn't play, then I don't know if I trust Chiefs minus five. But like anyone has said, Mahomes was fucking throwing to 
Cornelio Powell, I think, last year in the AFC Championship. It's true. Wait, Marcus, Marcus Kemp. Kemp. Yeah. Marcus Kemp. That's who I was thinking about. Yeah, Marcus Kemp. Like, I'm not worried about it. He has MVS. He has Sky Moore. He has Justin Ross, which I can't wait to watch. I'm gonna go Chiefs, but if I if I had to pick a line right now, Lions plus five is kind of appetizing. But I'm not going to. I'm not picking it. Now this is where uh, we're back to the part where I decide whether or not I want to. Piss you guys off. Because hmm. oh, <laughs> what? It's, if you pick the Chiefs minus five. They never win. We immediately be, we're going to lose. Yep. We're going to lose. Yep. All right. Oh, the stakes are high this year. You have to really think shit through. <laughs> um, I really hope John gets both. Oh, I'm praying he gets both. All right. Fuck it. Chiefs minus five just for the lulls. Lock I hope you lose by one game this year. I really do. Lock of the week. Uh, and I don't think Kelsey's going to play. I think everybody kind of agrees on that. Um, when an injury is quote-unquote uncertain, it's usually kind of scary because there's no reason for them to downplay the possibility of Kelsey playing in this game. Um, I think he'll definitely be out. Having said that, uh, I – as someone that did just yell at people for relying too much on trends earlier this morning, um, Patrick Mahomes in week one is ridiculously good. Uh, the defending Super Bowl champions are something like 14 and four in week one in the last like 18 years or something. Um, so, you know, yeah, and it's a healthy Patrick Mahomes. Um, offense is going to be shifted up a little bit, so maybe they can catch uh, the Lions off guard. But I really don't hate the Chiefs minus five against a team that I don't consider to be a real Super Bowl contender. Um, so that and for the ability to make you guys think we're going to lose, uh, I like this pick as lock of the week. Chiefs minus five. Okay. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like I honestly, coming into this week, was really considering doing Detroit plus six and a half as my lock. Now that it's down to five, mm-hmm. though, I do not feel good about it. Um I do think the Chiefs win this game, but I this number is just like Josh was kind of saying. I just don't trust this number at all, and, and like I don't want to pick it now, and then they announce Kelsey's out, and it goes down to like three. You know, I don't want to. I don't know if it would move that drastically, but you get what I'm saying. I don't want to not get the number at its best value, so I'm just gonna pass on the number here. But I think it's gonna be an entertaining game. But I do think the Chiefs. I'd probably give Kansas City the edge by a field goal. I'm feeling a 27-24 type performance. Uh, but no Chris Jones and no Travis Kelsey is going to be weird uh, if that is the case, yeah. which it is, that is gonna trending be towards That's that. That's going to be the case. It's trending towards that. I mean, it doesn't look – there's about a 0% chance that Chris Jones is there, so we'll have to see uh, about the Kelsey part. All right, mm-hmm. moving into the Sunday slate. We'll go into the noon slate first. We have one double-digit line this week. The Texans are visiting the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are 10-point home favorites. Uh, Yeah, Ravens. I don't trust it. I could see the Texans, for some odd reason, keeping it within single digits. And I could also see the Ravens winning by 17, so therefore I'm not going to pick it. Yeah, I think this is a line worth staying away from. Um, obviously going to go with the Ravens because it's the Texans. Um, but we'll see what the Texans have. I think this is a good little test. Um, a nice barometer where they can put up a performance that makes people optimistic without winning. Um, I think it's a good opportunity for them to do that. 
So we'll see how it plays out on Sunday. Yeah, this is a lot. Again, I hate these types of numbers. Um, this is not college football. Winning by 10 points is not, not common in the NFL. Games are decided mostly by one possession. I think Baltimore wins this one comfortably, though. I just will not touch a line this big in week one. I don't know. Like, if this game was later in the season, maybe Houston would be more competitive. But, I mean, you're talking C.J. Stroud's first game as a pro on the road at Baltimore, a defense that once Raquan Smith uh, got traded to Baltimore last year was one of the top 10, top 5 best units in the NFL, according to, like, EPA metrics. So, a tough, tough break for the kid this week. I like Baltimore comfortably. Next game, very interesting game. Cincinnati Bengals at Cleveland Browns. The Bengals are two-and-a-half-point road favorites. Yeah, this was a game I was kind of looking at, wanting to maybe pick for lock of the week, but I chose rather not to just because, yeah, we know Joe Burrow, he's going to play, but at what capacity? I mean, I know he's going to play the full game, but is it going to be the Joe Burrow we all know? Deshaun Watson at the same time, he's had a full year. He finally got like I. I think he's gonna be a dip. This is gonna be a different Browns team. And I think that's kind of why the lines at minus two and a half because no one really knows what to expect from this game. I'm gonna go Bengals, but I really, yeah, I think it's gonna be close. I wouldn't be opposed to picking Browns. It was plus three and a half, but give me Bengals. Yeah, before I impulse picked the Chiefs minus five. Uh, I had Bengals minus two and a half as my circle lock of the week. Um, but honestly, I'm glad I don't have to cheer for the Bengals, even though they are playing the nasty man. Um, yeah, I'll take the Bengals to win. Uh, I don't think Burrow's going to play, and I don't think it's necessarily going to be too big of a problem. They've still got a really outstanding defense and receiving core, um, and we'll see how their O-line play goes year over year. It was certainly lacking in the postseason last year, but they had some injuries. Um, so I think they've got enough to get by even without Joe Burrow. I don't even know the name of the guy playing backup. Um, but I think if you're going to have a time for a backup QB to start uh, a game, I think this is the best time. He's had a lot of time to be the, the first-string quarterback in practice. Um, so he's kind of had the preparation that a starter would have. And whoever this mystery man is that's playing, because I don't remember his name, it's some white dude, I know that. Um, I think he's. I think he'll have enough in the tank to beat uh, what was a lackluster Browns team from last season. Uh, Ian Rappaport just tweeted: uh, Travis Kelsey's status is in doubt for Thursday night's opener versus the Lions, but sources tell him and Tom Pelissero it is not believed to be a long-term injury, and they'll wait for the swelling okay. to go down and go from there. Thanks. So God. that is a fine with me. gigantic. Uh, it appears to be a gigantic break for Kansas City. If he has to miss yep. two to four weeks, the Chiefs will live through that. They need him in January. Uh, so that's, it appears, great news for now. Um, we kind of expected, like we were just saying, for him not to play Thursday. But it looks as if, if these reports are accurate, which Ian Rappaport's pretty good, uh, that Kelsey avoided something catastrophic. Yep. That, that was a concern. I mean, look, you said you guaranteed it would be a torn ACL before we got I was jinxing it. I was pulling a jaws. Yes, I'm, I, I'm aware. Uh, All right. I'm well, mainly just saying I was afraid of the possibility of that when you hear a guy walked off because that's like kind of a classic blue ball of, oh, he walked off, he's fine. And then it's like, oh, 
he tore his ACL. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. glad that didn't happen. I I think with that, if Kelsey can be back by October first for Jets Monday Night Football, I think I would be okay with that. You'll live with that, yeah. I mean, like, I don't care. That would mean he'd miss the first three weeks. It'll That's be, what people were saying. It'll be like football, Detroit sorry. and Jacksonville will not be easy teams to beat without Kelsey. Chicago week three would be a breeze, regardless if Kelsey plays. So yeah, that that week four game. But again, there's no sense in rushing him back. Just see where it's at. Yeah, and, and the thing is too, if you get once you get past the Jets and you play the Vikings, and I feel like we could. But I think you guys mentioned it. I, if we don't have Kelsey, we need fucking Chris Jones. We need help somewhere. Like we can't have both of them out. We'll see. Okay, we got um, we got back, help with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, back to the slate of games. Um, we were on Browns Bengals. Um, yeah. I actually like Cleveland to win this game. Not to be a typical Chiefs fan just hating on the Bengals. That's not why I'm picking this. But Joe Burrow only has beaten the Browns one time in his career. It was last year versus a rusty Deshaun Watson. And it was in Cincinnati. Or, yeah, it was in Cincinnati. I was going to say, because remember last year on Halloween, the Browns kicked the shit out of the Bengals. And the Browns have just owned Burrow for some reason at this point. Um, I expect this to be a game that... Burrow is a little rusty, um, and the Browns win. Now, I'm not going to pick any lines here. If this was three and a half, it would for sure be my underdog. I think Josh said that. Uh, but, yeah, I like Cleveland to win this one and start out 1-0 at home. Next game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are six-point favorites. Uh, Give me the Vikings. I really don't have a lot on this game. I think if it was maybe minus four and a half, I would take Vikings, but... The minus six kind of scares me. I'm going to go with the cheeky underdog of the week with this one. Mm. Um, Look, you guys heard me on the last podcast. I picked the Vikings get third in the NFC North. I have them being a dog shit wreck. And all of the luckiness that they had last year comes back to bite them or or doesn't doesn't come around for them, not bite them. I can't punish them. Um, And, yeah, I've got them losing. Uh, to a very lackluster Buccaneers team. Um, I think we get some false Baker Mayfield hype um, because that's pretty common. I feel like there's usually one quarterback that gets everybody going for no reason. Uh, And I think that is going to be the week one Buccaneers. Um, You know, I don't hate the Vikings, but I've made too many takes that the Vikings are going to suck that I have to cheer against them now. Um, So that's cool. Um, But I don't know. I'm just not a huge Kirk believer. And I think a lot of people – mistook liking Kirk Cousins in a documentary with him being an actually good quarterback. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling the Buccaneers in this one. Yeah, I, I'm going to go Minnesota. I'm not a Tampa Bay believer at all this year. I think that they'll end up being probably a top five worst team in the NFL. I could be wrong, but um, I like Minnesota in this one, even though I'm not high on Minnesota this year. I'll take the Vikings to win this one at home. If it was in Tampa, I might, you know, be a little more interested in taking the Buccaneers. But I think or if it was, was at 7 p.m. Yeah, yeah. The noon is throwing the yeah. – I can't believe you just went yeah. against noon Kirk Cousins. How dare you? Um, let's go on to the play. next noon game, a one that I actually probably will be – I mean, I'll be watching Red Zone, but I'm actually really interested to watch this one. Titans at Saints. Saints are three-point favorites. Yeah, I'm not interested to watch this at all. Uh, give me the Titans. I think the Titans can actually pull off the upset. I don't know. The Saints team just 
They don't have AK, uh, Alvin Kamara, for the first four games. Michael Thomas is coming back. Who knows how long he's going to play before he breaks his pussy. <laughs> and I don't know. This Titans team is interesting. They have D-Hop. They got Ryan Tannehill. They got Derrick Henry. I mean, they have the pieces that they need. I think the Titans get it done in New Orleans. Yeah, I like this pick as well. Um, I think people kind of forget how consistent the Titans are. They almost made the playoffs last year with the absolute ridiculous quarterback saga that they went through. Um, And they have Tannehill back healthy now and added DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not sure what's gone down on the other side of the ball, really. But I think they are a uh, sneaky potential playoff team this year, believe it or not. Maybe even overtaking the favorites in their division, the Jaguars, and would not shock me. Um, So I will go ahead and take the Titans. I think they can be all right. I think they can play some scrappy Mike Vrabel football and get some results this season. I like the New Orleans Saints in this one. I think the Saints have a fantastic defense, and the addition of Derek Carr should make them the clear favorite in the NFC South. I think you talk about the Titans receiving court. Oh my God, is it terrible? Like Traylon Burks is a good young receiver, and he's like I'm not going to take anything away from him. But outside of that, I mean, you've got Hopkins, who like who the hell knows? Like who the hell knows what DeAndre Hopkins will look like at this age? I can't imagine he's going to look anything close to what he did in his Houston Texans days. Uh, and just, you know, like trajectories like that, it kind of reminds me, maybe I'm being a little too too critical here, but him going to Tennessee kind of reminds me of Julio Jones when he went to the Titans a few years ago. It's like that once prolific receiver ending up there, hoping that they can get something out of him late in their career, just not buying it. Um, I like New Orleans in this one. Superdome's a tough place to play, but I do think it'll be, like I said, I'm excited to watch this one. I, I'm excited to see how New Orleans looks. Next game, another one I'm actually pretty excited to watch. Panthers at Falcons. Falcons are three-and-a-half-point home favorites. What would you say? Panthers at Falcons. Falcons are three-and-a-half-point favorites. I thought you said Panthers are three-and-a-half. No. I was like, no, mine says Falcons. Uh, yeah, no, this game, I actually agree. I'm very interested to see how Bryce Young looks. I think you have to look at Carolina and be like, they have weapons. They have some weapons. They have... Uh, I'm feeling they have another wide receiver that I can't think of right now. Uh, it's not going to come to my head. I don't Let's know. Chenault. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they don't, but yes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, out there. Yeah. No, this Falcons offense though, on the other hand, I don't really know what to expect from them. I mean, Desmond Ritter, I'm assuming is getting the start and he really didn't look that great for uh, them uh, towards them the last year, but he got a full year of getting one, one reps, first team reps. So, with that being said, mm, I'm taking Falcons, but Panthers plus three and a half. Yeah, I was yeah. tempted to do underdog. Oh, sorry, John. I completely yeah, I was going to say. I, was I had like, a brain right, fart. We'll I completely we'll had a brain fart. Go ahead. Um, no, I'll, I'm going to take the Falcons. I don't think there's – you know, you said you were excited to watch this game. I will not be checking out a single minute of it. Um, we'll see. I – I, I do like the Falcons, though. I think I think that they have an outside chance to come for that division. Uh, it just things need to work out for them. They need to put the piece together. They got a lot of young players on offense, um, which can take some time to grind out um, with the likes of Ritter, Bijan, and uh, Drake London. Um, but I, I like them to slip by against uh, the day, the debutant uh, Bryce Young. 
You're going to know a lot about Atlanta in the first two weeks. They play Bryce Young and Jordan Love. They're playing two guys mm-hmm. who have are basically rookies. I mean, granted, Jordan Love's been in the league for a long time. Jordan Love's like a super, super senior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that he's that 28-year-old in the frat house that needs to pass gym yep. still. Um, but, yeah, you're going to know a lot about him. I like them in week one. Rookie quarterbacks in week one, man, typically do not look very good. Even guys like Trevor Lawrence looked piss poor in their first games of their career. Joe Burrow didn't look great, if I recall correct. Yeah, I mean, he Joe Burrow wasn't terrible, but like he, he again, like it is just like you hear like many quarterbacks talk about it. The most consistent thing you hear is year three is when the light, like the light bulb, turns on in their head and they get it. Even Mahomes said he didn't even really understand defenses when he won MVP in 2018. So I like Atlanta to win this one. They have a lot of offensive firepower. As long as Ritter this year, I, I felt like this for this game and this year, as long as Ritter doesn't lose them games, they can be a pretty solid team fighting for a wild card spot this year. As long as he doesn't make the boneheaded Jameis Winston type plays, I think Atlanta's in a position they could win eight, nine games this I year, think, sneak in as a wild card. I think Desmond Ritter could lose some games, though. That's the thing. I just don't think Oh, there's will. a for sure chance he can. I'm just saying. I, they don't need Desmond Ritter to be anything special. They just need him not to fuck up. Next game. This is going to be an interesting one. Jaguars at Colts. Jaguars are five-point road favorites. Yep. Five-point road favorites don't give a fuck. Jaguars minus five lock of the week. I don't know. I just think this Colts team is just going to be dog shit. So, with that being said, I'm taking Jaguars minus five. Trevor Lawrence, I'm buying all the, the Jaguars stock right now. Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence. That offense is going to be f- fucking insane. Yeah, you know something, too, is this is a game I looked at, um, and when I heard Josh was going first, I kind of thought it might be gone, too, because I think this is probably the best pick on the board. I support Josh's pick there. Um Minus five is interesting. I'd like to have uh, a breakdown of where they got that from. Um, We just talked about how first-game quarterbacks tend to struggle. I think we're going to see that here, especially with the Colts team that is recovering from the aftermath of an ESPN host who's never coached above the high school level taking the (laughs) reins of their team. Um, So, yeah, as it stands, I really am low on the Colts. I'm an Anthony Richardson fan, but I think – if there's anybody that's going to take some time for us to think he's not a fool, because I really think coming out people are going to clown on Anthony Richardson the same way they kind of did on Josh Allen when he first came to the league. I think they're kind of in a similar boat here. Um, I think it's going to be a rough day for the Colts against the team that is a well-oiled machine, really finished last season hot and almost stole one at Arrowhead. Um, They are going to be coming out firing, I think. I think that Jacksonville's a good momentum pick if there ever was one in week one of the season. few things. First thing, last week when we did the show, I said I feel like Jacksonville could win 12 or 13 games. And, Josh, you thought I was crazy. So now all of a sudden, a week later, you're really high on them? I don't think they won 13. Well, I remember last week when we did the over-unders and I had them at 9.5. You had a tough time picking that. It's also the fucking Colts. I get it. Look, minus five, yeah. I'm not touching – I'm definitely not doing underdog. Um, I don't know. I feel like minus five is a trap 
Like I, Vegas doesn't lie. Vegas doesn't put this, this is line. the trap line. Yeah, this Vegas is does line. not this put this Vegas. line. This is the line you look at and you're like, what am I missing? Something I'm missing mm-hmm. something. Because you're we telling just acknowledge me. how John just went from minus five is probably the best pick this week to oh no, no. this is a trap line. Oh, like I what? The, the fact that I think it's like the fact that I think it's clearly a better pick, and all of these other ones with the same algorithm designed as a fifty fifty means it's kind of a trap line. I think because it's. Like, it's you look at it certain ways. Like they're basically telling, like you're telling me that Jacksonville and Indianapolis are the same distance from each other than Detroit and Kansas City. Uh, I don't know. Like Chiefs are a five point favorites versus the Lions. What would the Chiefs? Detroit, be and I would but, say I. Uh, also, the Jaguars are on the road. Yeah, I'm saying at home. Like Kansas City was in Detroit. That would be two. Where we also yeah. have. The second and third best player are also both out. We got to yeah. remember that. Look, I, again, I'm going back to my argument with the Panthers, though. Rookie quarterback week one, they are normally 99% of the time overwhelmed. I do like Jacksonville to win, but this is a trap. This is – Vegas is they – don't, they don't put out a line like this. They don't do that if there's not something there. It, because all three of us agree it is probably the best line of the week. It makes the most sense. The, but that when, typically when you see that, there's a reason. We'll have to see. Uh, next game. This is probably the best noon game. 49ers at Steelers. 49ers are two and a half point favorites on the road. I was thinking about doing 49ers minus two and a half, but I think this is the biggest trap game. Because everyone's going to yeah. think, oh, this 49ers team is back to the to the team that went 7-0 and with Brock Purdy, which they are. So it's like, what does Vegas think in the 49ers are minus two and a half to put them at minus two and a half? It doesn't make sense to me. So that's why I'm kind of staying away from this game. But, I mean, I'm picking the 49ers. I think my two, two and a half is very, very easy pick. Yeah, I think you are right. I was going to say the same thing about this being a bit of a trap line as well. Um, I am going to be a shocker here and say I kind of like the Steelers in this one. Um, I was high on the Steelers last week. Um you know, the 49ers I'm always high on. I do think in Pittsburgh week one, though, there's kind of something about that. I mean, if I recall correct, they beat the Bengals last year uh, week one at home. Um, it's just you're playing a team that isn't going to hand you a game. We know that with Mike Tomlin. We know that with the Steelers. They had somewhat of a hot finish to last season. Um, and there's been, you know, maybe a little bit of a carousel in San Francisco that they could feel some effects from. Um, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think minus two and a half is a perfect line here. Um, but screw it. I'll take the Steelers. I like them to maybe pull one away from uh, maybe one of the biggest Super Bowl contenders of this season. Steelers plus two and a half is my lock of the week this week. Nice. I love Pittsburgh in this game, and I love them for a multitude of reasons. One, Brock Purdy, there's no way that arm is 100% back. I just can't believe that for a second. Nobody gets that injury in January and by September has full arm strength. Um, I mean, he's probably capable of playing at this point, but I don't think he's going to be as effective as he was last year, especially now that they have a full season or at least, you know, tape on him. They had a whole offseason of tape on the dude. Um, Pittsburgh, man, we talked about them last week. They're one of those teams I really think could just shock a lot of people this year, be really good. That combination of Pickett and Pickens could be, so good. It looks so promising right now. And then I also think another reason I'm doing this, San Francisco, 
I think back to just last year, they started one and two. And keep in mind, they lost to the Bears week one last year, the Broncos week three, and then the Falcons week four. I mean, what the fuck? Kyle Shanahan's team was off to a terrible start last year. I don't know. I like Pittsburgh at home here. I don't understand how San Francisco's getting the points here. I feel like this should be even, or it should be Pittsburgh favored. I love getting two and a yeah. half here. Okay, the one thing I do want to talk about is you mentioned how Brock Purdy came back fast, and I completely agree. I'm, I'm a bit suspicious on what the incentive is for the Niners to have rushed him back. I mean, I think taking into account, one, the fact that you know your team kind of works no matter who the quarterback is. And the uh, backup and quarterback I'm, isn't bad. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and adding to the fact that you brought Brock Purdy in midway through last season as well. And, and to add even more to that cake is we saw quarterback of Josh Allen really struggle last year playing through, uh, you know, a bothersome UCL situation as well. It just seems like the Niners are doing some unnecessary rushing back. I mean, it's Brock Purdy we're talking about, um, and he's a young quarterback still. If I were the 49ers, I mean, maybe they – maybe I don't see him every day. Maybe they think that he's, you know, fully back and ready to go. But it seems like there could be some consequences from this. Yeah. Um, it, it does give me a little bit of a reminder of – remember last year the Rams all, like, training camp and, like, leading into the season, you kept hearing about Stafford's, like, neck injury and his, like, thing? Mm-hmm. I get similar vibes from this. Like – they kind of downplayed it, and they were like, oh, he'll be fine. You know, he's dealing with something. And Matthew Stafford, you could tell week one versus Buffalo to open the season last year, was not fine. And eventually he mm-hmm. got shut down. Like, he was never fine last year. I feel like you could see a similar situation with Purdy. Because that injury, if it was his non-throwing arm, I wouldn't be, you know, worried about it. But for it to be your right arm, and that's mm-hmm. not a guy who has tremendous arm strength anyway. So you take yep. that into effect. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting look. San Francisco's got a great roster, uh, but I don't trust Brock Purdy's health right now. Okay. And you you also could have discovered that Darnold is better. I mean, we're talking about Brock yeah. Purdy here. Like yeah. that. This is the this is the supreme peak. Make a mid quarterback go in an offense that cooks uh, de- destination right here. I, I think they might be missing an opportunity, but. We'll see what happens. Got to give Purdy respect. He had a great year last year. The last noon game, the snooze fest. Cardinals at Commanders. Commanders are. What do you mean points. snooze fest? This is going to be boring as hell. Commanders I think this are is, seven oh, point sorry. favorites. Yeah, no, I think this is the perfect game for the Commanders to get just like get well, back yeah. into the thing. Well, yeah. Like, like no, but like in all honesty, like I think this is a perfect opportunity. You get to see what Eric Bami really has done with this team. And it's not against a hard team, so you're not going to get all these critics on you. I mean, if they lose, yeah, the shit's going to hit the fan. But I don't think they lose. I'm taking Commanders. But I'm really interested to see how Sam Howell looks, and I'm interested to see how this Commanders Eric Bieniemy offense uh, looks like. Chase Young is healthy also, too, by the way, right? Yeah, he's going to play. He's just um, on contract year, so they declined his fifth-year option. Yeah. Um, I like the Commanders, um, hopefully to be the football team once again, uh, because I think that's better than the Commanders. I think Commanders is a shit name. Um, but yeah, I'll take them just because the Cardinals are the 
uh, top of the line front runners for the number one overall pick, i.e. Caleb Williams this coming year. Um, you know, you never know. There could be incentives coming down from the top. The Miami Dolphins method here where it's kind of like, hey, let's not win this game. Um, yeah, I, I think that the commanders will cruise and there might even be a little bit of a hype train, even though they're beating what I think is the consensus dud of the NFL this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking the Commanders to win. I mean, we don't even know who the Cardinals quarterback is going to be in this game, and it's either yeah. Dobbs. Yeah. And why like Dobbs? Don't get – well, Dobbs. they announced it? No, but it's Dobbs. Uh, I wouldn't be so sure. Clayton Toon's been there all offseason. Josh Dobbs showed up about two weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, either way, Commanders have to, have to, have to win this game. And I'm, I'm going to say it. If Sam Howell does not look good in this game – that is a gigantic red flag. I'm not saying that it's over for him, but if you can't produce against this joke of a defense, of this joke of a team, I'm going to have question marks. I'm going to start asking questions. Yeah. Let's see how it goes, man. On to the afternoon slate, and I'm so happy. This is maybe such a minimal thing, but there are no 305 games this week. They all start at 325. It just maybe that's just me, but I like I hate the three hundred five. Just everyone starts the same fucking time. I like the three hundred five because, yeah, no, I love the three hundred five. No, because, because like, the noon game like, bleeds into the three hundred five game. Exactly. So like, there's no stopping. There's no stop in the middle of the games. I don't mind a ten minute stop. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's just give me like ten, fifteen minutes. Like, I could like maybe go to maybe I have to go to the store and re up on beer or some shit. Like, I don't know. Like, just give me some time. <laughs> I will say this. The first five weeks of the season are always my favorite because that's whenever the schedule is the fullest. Is yeah. the and is the, the end. fullest and once like once like week fifteen hits and there's no buys anymore. Um, I think yeah. the afternoon slate's actually looking really interesting. Let's start with AFC West Raiders at Broncos. The Broncos are three and a half point favorites in Sean Payton's debut with them. Yeah, I like the Broncos in this game. Uh, I was kind of tottering on Raiders underdog of the week, but I'm not going to pick it. I think. Uh, the star power that the Broncos have and their coaching staff and players are just a little bit more than the Raiders. And it's in Denver, so I'm going to take Broncos. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Broncos for sure. I was high on the Broncos last week. I think that was the team I was predominantly uh, above you guys on. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a good opponent to start the year against because their head coach is an absolute doofus. Uh, and their quarterback's Jimmy Garoppolo. So not a ton more I'm going to have to say about that. Uh, I'll take the Broncos to maybe start a turnaround year as much as I don't want to say it. Yeah, I'm taking Denver. Not really going to go into it. It's a tough place to play. Although the Raiders have won there recently. I mean, that was one team Josh McDaniels did beat last year. Actually, they swept the Broncos last year. That's not saying much. Denver was a joke. Um but yeah, I like Denver to win this one. The Raiders, man, I could be dead wrong on this team, but I think they're like a 4-13 and team. Maybe I'm being too harsh. I just don't see it with them. Okay. Yeah, I don't either. Next game, really interesting game. Dolphins at Chargers. Chargers are three-point home favorites. Yeah, when you look at this game, I don't really know what to expect. If the Dolphins come out how they did at the beginning of last year, I think the Dolphins crushed the Chargers. We saw this game last year on Sunday Night Football. It was a good game, 
Although uh, Tua shit the bed in that game. I remember. Oh, that never mind. I guess it wasn't a good game. No, I remember Tua at one point in the third quarter had like four completions. Oh. Yeah, Tyreek uh, Hill had like an 80-yard touch. Yeah, yeah, that, that fumble that Tyreek. Oh, yeah, that's what I was. Comedy. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, it, I'm going to pick Chargers. I think they get it done here because I think they only improved this year. I don't really think they lost anybody really crucial. And, yeah, I think they're just going to be a really good team this year. Uh, I'll take the Chargers as well. I'm relatively low on the Dolphins for the time being. I think I have a pretty big concern with their quarterback offensive line pairing. Um, then again, though, they they will definitely uh, put up a fight. They've got a great coach. Uh, very solid defensively, if I recall correct. Um and I don't know. At the end of the day, I think the Chargers just get off to a good start at home. It's a good chance to beat an opponent that actually kind of says something uh, by winning. And, yeah, I think that'll probably be the result. But I think it should be a good one. It's a good one for the 325 slot for sure. Yeah, I, I think this could be a really high-scoring game, honestly, even though I think the Chargers' defense is solid. Um, this is a big game for – Tua, honestly. Last year in this game, he went 10 of 28 passing, 145 yards. Just horrid. Um, and he's always going to get the comparison to Herbert because he went one pick before Herbert. So it would be imp- it's important for him to show up in this game and at least produce. We know Herbert's better. But it's important for Tua to get off to a good start this year. I like the Chargers to win a close one. Um, but I yeah, I, I like to, I don't have much more to say. I like the Chargers to win a close one. They have the better quarterback. And this is probably going to be the only game all season that the Chargers receiving core is healthy because they seem to never be able to keep those guys on the field. Okay, in my trip, and Herbert was like the sixth pick, right? He wasn't the third. Pick. He was sixth. Tua was fifth. Tua was fifth? I thought Tua was second. It went Burrow one, Young two, Jeff Okuda three, Andrew Thomas Oh, that's four. right. So. I knew Jeff Okuda went third because Josh picked him for the uh... – Rookie of the year, and every time he every time he sent the graphic, I had no clue who he was. I was like, "Who the hell is that?" <laughs> yeah, John. John was like, "He's not white." Okay, no, it's Trey Lance. That. that was Trey Lance. <laughs> um, the, the The Cowboys have a white quarterback and a black quarterback now. Oh, <laughs> forgot again. Um, okay, next game. The defending NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles, are heading to Foxborough to play the Patriots. Eagles minus four. Uh, yeah, this is my underdog of the week. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. A little Super know, Bowl right? hangover. The Super Bowl loser is eight or two and eight, I think someone told me, in the last ten years in their week one. Chiefs, mm. baby. Chiefs. Chiefs, won, Chiefs won theirs. I know that. So, yeah, I mean – I'm kind of writing statistics, I guess, right now. If that is that a, would you call that a trend yet, John, or no? I'd say that's a trend. No, I would say it absolutely is not. Uh, How is that not a trend? I, but, but I, well, okay, it's a trend. Yes, by definition, it's a trend. But is it a, is it a like observable statistical like pattern that gives you that gives you better insight on how to predict the next result? No, it is not. Two and eight is not enough. Uh, but but I said the same thing about my team and literally said that doesn't work either. And this is all getting misconstrued probably by people listening because 
the original argument we had had literally nothing to do with this, but yep, I still think it's a good pick, Josh. I like it because I'm going to pick the Patriots to win too. Um, and yeah, I think they've got a pretty good defense this year and going into Foxborough is never an easy thing. Also, I'm going to venture to say this is Jalen Hurts' first time going against Bill Belichick. That is never fun. So It might be. I can't recall. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Philly, actually, in this game. I just don't think the Patriots have the firepower to keep up with the Eagles. Uh, and if New England wants to make this a running, gritty ground game, like they're probably going to want to do with a lot of teams this year, Philly is not the team you want to do that against. Philly will absolutely carve you up in the run game, and they have the defensive line to stop you. So I like Philly. Um, it's a fair line at four, I think. People are probably going to be like, only four? But I think that's a fair line. Uh, should be an interesting game. I I have this one. I wonder, let me let me check what the over-under is, because I think this could be so 45. I'd have to, have to hit under on this one. I just think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think both these teams defensively are going to give each other fits. Next game, Rams at Seahawks. Seahawks are five-point favorites. Cooper Cup is doubtful to play. Yeah. This if So if I would have had to go on second, I feel like someone might have taken the Eagles underdog of the week. Rams underdog of the week would have been my second pick. I really like the Rams in this game for some odd reason. It's just speaking to me. Uh, I can't really tell you why, but everyone is healthy on the team now, and I think this is going to be a different Rams team than people are expecting. I think they're over-under for six and a half wins is the easiest pick this year. That's like my number one pick this year is over six and a half wins, and I think they get it started here in week one. Uh, I will take the Rams as well here, actually, if that's who you picked. Maybe I'm confusing this year. But anyway, uh, I am not a Seahawks believer this season. Um, so everything's based off that right now. I think they kind of overperformed themselves last year. And, I mean, they did add um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, which is definitely going to help. Um, but at the end of the day, I think this will be a close one, a bit of, a, a bit of an upper mid-off right here um and the rams slip by in matthew stafford's return if cooper cup was playing in this game which is, i guess it's possible but i don't think it's gonna happen i would yeah. be more inclined to agree with you guys i just think without cup that is a flavorless offense and the mm-hmm. seahawks have a shit ton of firepower i mean you had jackson smith and jigba who might not play this game i guess is is he out officially this game I'm yeah, not I haven't sure. seen I'm not sure. Yes. Regardless, you still have Metcalf and Lockett, who are both phenomenal receivers. Pretty uh, damn good. Not to mention the run game that they have with Kenneth Walker um, and then the draft of uh, Charbonnet that they got. I just like Seattle at home. It's a tough – we all know Century Link is a tough place to play. And the Rams, to me, I agree with you guys. I love the over six and a half, or it might have even been six. I can't remember. Uh, but I love them over. This is just a tough game week one without your best player or your best offensive player, I should say. Okay, that's fair. a lot to say on this one. I saved this one on purpose. Packers at Bears. Bears are one-point home favorites. Yeah, I'm picking Packers. I don't really – I don't know. The Bears are so questionable right now, and I know what the Packers can give me. I think Jordan Love is going to be a really good quarterback. Like, that might be a hot take, but – I also love the over in this game of 43. Yeah, this was on my lock of the week shortlist. Um, 
and to be fair, the, the game I ended up picking was not. Um, <laughs> of course but, not. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and take the Packers. Um, if you don't know, I'm kind of a Packers fan this year. Woo-hoo! Just for this year, let's calm it down. But I think it'd be pretty funny if the Packers did better than the Jets. And funny enough, if the Packers just do better than they did last year, because um, I'm really not a big Aaron Rodgers fan. If, if that's news to you, then get your head out of your ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, I will take the Packers. Uh, I'm also not a Bears believer at all. I don't really know where the hype even came from. Like, did Justin Fields really cook that hard? No. I don't know. I didn't watch a single freaking game. So, um, yeah, that I'm, I'm a skeptic of the Bears hype. I think that's playing into it. I think there's a market affecting this game here, uh, and I think Packers plus one is about as good a bet as any this week. I, I just don't get it. Like, where in – what on earth do you look at these rosters and say, oh, yeah, Chicago's is better? I get it's only a point, mm-hmm. but still, it's like – what the hell? I guess they are saying Green Bay's roster is better because if this was in Green Bay, they'd be two point favorite, or they'd be uh, uh-huh. they'd, they'd be favorited. But I mean, I guess they really the market is just very questionable on Jordan Love, which is fair. But how are they not questionable on Justin Fields? They should have even more question marks for Justin Fields. He's five and twenty as a starter in this league, and not all of it's been his fault. But he has not been a very good passer so far in his career. And really, all you've ever gotten out of him is like two to three nice runs a game. I, I'm with you guys here. I like Green Bay to win this one. I, I I can't lock it. You know, I don't want to lock a one point. That's basically a pick at that point. I don't like doing that. But I think Green Bay wins. And I think Green Bay's defense has a really impressive day. I really do think Green Bay's defense is set up to really have a good season this year. So I like Green Bay to go into Chicago, win week one. And uh, hopefully a third straight quarterback to own Chicago because I cannot stand. Yeah, I know you hate Packers fans, John. Bears fans are worse. Bears fans are the worst. Yeah, I. I mean, I can. I've never really had to deal with Bears fans. If, if you want to know the number one reason that I find Packers fans annoying is that there just shouldn't be this many of them, but there are. <laughs> um, they're they're kind of like a they're kind of a mini Cowboys. At least if you live in Kansas City. Um, I don't know. I, I'll take Jordan Love. I, 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 I think it would just be so funny if he cooks. Like, if he's ridiculously good and they go, like, 13-4. and four, That would be It's insane. just going to be like, it's just going to be like, fuck you, Rodgers. Like, what the hell were you doing all last year? And I don't think it's unreasonable to say that if he didn't sit around jerking off and doing ayahuasca all offseason, they would have made the playoffs easily last year. Um, but, you know, they didn't. So, sucks to suck, Aaron. We go to Sunday Night Football. The Cowboys at the Giants. The Cowboys are three and a half point favorites. Uh, I like Cowboys, but it's Sunday Night Football in New York. I don't know. I'm going to pick Cowboys. I just don't trust it. I wouldn't pick the line. I wouldn't touch the line. If I had to pick... A football coach that I am the biggest ideological foil opposite to. It's definitely Mike McCarthy. Um, so my Cowboys picks are going to have to be taken with um, some some uh, some leeway um, because I really am low on them. I think that's got to be the worst play caller 
in the history of the NFL. Okay, now uh, we're getting want, out there. Yeah, if you want your offense to like be anything but like taking your eyes out of your fucking sockets, that's ridiculous. Uh, and they should have had anyone other than Mike McCarthy, the guy who will not go for it on fourth down. If someone had his wife at gunpoint and said, "Go for it on fourth down," he wouldn't do it. Uh, he's a wuss, and I hate him. I think he sucks. I think he's a Jerry Jones bootlicker, and I'm taking the Giants. Um, not going to run any of the underdog or lock of the week things on Cowboys games. I'm going to try not to because it's going to be largely based out of emotions because I just hate Mike McCarthy's approach to football. Does he just hate, like, enjoyment? I bet this guy, like, doesn't enjoy, like, plenty of things that are fun. I I can't stand it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Giants are my underdog of the week this week. I like him at home. Um, I think Dallas is going to take a few weeks to get right this year. I think they have a lot of pieces that are going to take a second to get right. Uh, I would agree with that. Especially, uh, you know, they had – I liked the pick of – is it Maze or Maze? I think it's Maze Smith on the defensive line. I liked that. Uh, but, again, rookie and then offensive line – I think there's moving parts there as well. I just think it takes Dallas a couple weeks. Like, it takes a lot of teams a couple weeks to get ready. It takes a lot of teams four or five weeks until you kind of start to see them form into what they're going to be. Um, and I think this is a perfect opportunity for the Giants to get a game on them, steal a game from them, uh, because I don't have any hope, really, that the Giants can go into Dallas uh, later in the season and pick up a win, so they better do it now. I like, I like it. I think Brian Dable... You know, I can't imagine a world where the Giants fall off and become just dog shit. I could see them being I average. I could see them being average. But complete dog shit, Brian Dable to me has proven that won't happen. I like them as my underdog of the week. Uh, also, Adam Schefter came out and said, after test today, the Chiefs believe Kelsey's ACL is intact. Don't so I know we kind of... intact? That's... Yeah. I don't like that word. What the they're hell? Gonna, they're going to test it tomorrow again to determine his availability for Thursday night. There was inflammation in his knee as well. Uh, okay, I don't like that one as much. That <laughs> one I don't like. Um, but okay. And someone put in quotes. We think he's got an ACL. Pretty sure we'll let you know tomorrow if he's playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, week one. Just don't play Kelsey. Yeah. Okay. Monday night football. The first Monday night game of the year is a great one. It, the best game of the week. It's so poetic. They put Rogers' first game in New York on 9-11. It is so poetic. <laughs> the way, Jesus. Well, have you not, do you not know the story of that, Josh? No. He asked, John, I'm sure you know this. John's not listening. What, sorry, what's the question? The The Rogers 9-11 thing. Oh, that like the first thing he asked, like one of his new teammates was like, who do you think? What, what do you think happened on no, that? No, no, no. He, he literally, like Deshaun that. Kaiser gets traded there. The first thing he comes up and says to him is, do you believe in 9-11? The first do you thing, believe in The first thing oh, okay. he says to him. <laughs> yeah. And the script writers just had to put his debut on the Jets on 9-11. Just, some things are just meant to be. <laughs> not not to make fun of the situation. I'm not making fun of Rodgers. <laughs> making fun of Rodgers here, just to make that clear. Uh, the Bills are two and a half point favorites. Oh. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go tie. Tie. Hey, no. no. he's picking no. a tie. No. Uh. Fuck. 
I'm gonna go Bills. The Bills know each other. They're a well-developed team. Jets might need to like uh, crease, get those creases out. I don't know what the right term would be, but I just think they have a, a few more things that they need to be uh, need to get done. This is definitely a hard test, but I think it's gonna be a really good game. Uh, I love the over forty-six and a half. Yeah, I would say I like the over here too. Um, I am gonna take the Jets. Um, I don't know. I do still think the Bills will win the division. Um, and maybe I have some, um, I don't know what the word is here, some self-deprecation going on because I'll be cheering for the Bills. Um, but I did not like what I saw from Rodgers in that preseason game in like a I don't want him to look good way. Um, yeah, I think we've got a good game on our hands. I think it's really hard to say how things are going to go. Because uh, we need to just get a look at what this Jets offense is truly going to look like. Um, you know the defense isn't going to have too many problems. They were damn good last year. Um, and I have a hard time saying Robert Sala is going to have a crappy defense. Um, so I'll take the Jets. Why not? J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Give me a I'm not shocked you're yeah, taking them. Riding the yeah, Jets this I don't year. know. I'm not shocked you're taking them. I have so much riding on the Jets this year. I have Salah as my coach of the year. Garrett Wilson is my offensive player of the year. Like, I need the Jets to be good this year. I'm going to look like a dumbass. Uh, yeah, but I like them here. Just an absolute, going to be a chaotic atmosphere. Jets fans have probably not been this excited in their entire lives, except for the ones that were alive for Super Bowl three. Um, yeah, this is going to be... A really, really, really good game. Possibly one of the best primetime games of the season. It, 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 it probably will be. Um, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see what the Jets look like. And let's be honest, if the Jets and Bills can beat up on each other a little bit this year, that helps the Chiefs. So let's hope that they split. Um, or, you know, maybe even the Jets sweep them. I don't know. But yeah, I like the Jets in this game just going to be an insane 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 amount of hype and it, the, the energy in that stadium is going to be unbelievable i like the jets to win this one at home and then that is week All one right. harold uh going back to the kelsey thing harold uh Kuntz, who's uh works for fox four KMBC, yeah. fox right. four yeah he said he quoted it and he made a good point that i didn't really um think of when I first read the Schefter tweet is the fact that they're going to determine his av availability for Thursday night is even an option is a good sign. And I, I kind of, yeah. that makes me feel a little better that the fact that they're even considering him Thursday night is, it makes me feel better. I think but at the same time, there's no reason to rush him. Like that's how I'm viewing this. It's week one. I'm not saying play I, him. I'm saying the fact that they can consider it. Yeah, I I think the Schefter tweet also is very much um, a I don't want to like say too much because if I'm wrong I'm gonna be in trouble. Like the Chiefs believe he didn't tear his ACL, they'll check that his availability for the next game. I I think I think there's very difficult to read into that. But I look I think the number one thing is it's most likely not a torn ACL, right? Usually when there's a torn ACL they don't say before there's not a torn ACL. Um, so I think if we dodge that bullet, there's really nothing that we can't overcome here. Um, let's just hope it's not like something that requires surgery, which I, I doubt it will be. So, yeah, take a look. 
Sorry, I'm just I'm on Twitter like looking at every possible thing right now, trying to find out. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean it's a big deal, man. But, uh, yeah, it does, I mean it looks good. Like it's very. I'm knocking on wood before I even say this, but it's very rare they do an initial MRI and they it comes back clean and they do a second one and then they find a tear. I, I don't know if I've ever heard of that. So, well, maybe they just. Uh, is there anything above an MRI that they can look in? Not that's with, usually the not with an ACL thing. tear. That's typically what they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, this is good news for the Chiefs. Week one is week one, man. I mean, we've seen Cincinnati started zero and two last year. We've seen remember the year that we went into New England with the the Cream Hunt's first game and we beat the Patriots on opening night, like, and they went on to go to the Super Bowl. Like, it's one week. We can survive one week, and we still might win the damn game. I mean, John has us locking it in at five, so. I mean, we might just even win this game. Mahomes is two and zero in his career when Kelsey doesn't play, I believe. So there's there's a little bit of reverse logic going in here too because I kind of think I, a lot of times I've taken Chiefs lock when it's like a game everyone's confident in and it's burned me. So now I'll just lock them when everybody's down on it and it'll work too. Reverse psychology, bitches. Yeah, I think Kelsey's back by week three. Is my hope. I, I think there's a strong possibility. There's a chance he plays versus Jacksonville, considering that we have ten days off between that. So we'll yeah, just have to. Yeah, I it. think there's. I think it, we'll see what we hear more tomorrow. I think that's the biggest step they, here. It's hard from to what I, from what I'm reading, basically, it's they're just going to have to see if the swelling goes down. Yeah. Well, and by there's, the time that we figure out this conversation is going to be useless, I think. Yeah, people are gonna be listening to this and be like, "Uh, we already know he's he's out or he's yep. playing." Like, yeah. So, but that, that that's the part of not going live, man. We can't really control that. Um. Okay, let's hit on a few other things before we end today's episode. Um, we don't have to talk about them, but I do want to shout out Cole Reagan's pitcher of the month in August. Fucking unbelievable, bro. That guy has just been what the hell? Was it bad? I didn't even know who he was until two starts ago because. That's how much attention I paid to the to the Royals right now. Uh, we a lot of people on Royals Twitter like to call him Coke Reagans because the Royals account accidentally tweeted that, and the memes are pretty good about that. Yeah, no, he's a stud. <laughs> like, um, I I tweeted something out yesterday on the account. Like that's that move might have saved JJ's job. <laughs> like, other than that, what does he have to hang his hat on? Like that, and Aroldis Chapman is kind of blown up with the Rangers. Who would have thought a thirty five year old reliever? wouldn't have kept um, up the thing he had. I do want to talk about, do we think Matt is back next year? Yeah. I mean, do yeah. we think next year is his last chance? I, I no, mean, that, I don't think you can blame Quattro for shit. What are you going to blame him for? Like, you gave yeah, him that, yeah. Okay, and that's what I'm trying to, I was trying to make sure you guys were going to say the same thing. The I don't think this you is, could justifiably fire, I think, is, well, there's more than one, but you could definitely fire uh, JJ if you wanted to. Because it's not like this is his first year in the organization. But even then, I think J.J., not to be a Royals apologist, because I never am, but like the Cole Reagans move looks great so far. The Nelson Velasquez move, you know, when he traded Quaz, that looks solid so far. And like, we'll see. I mean, he hasn't had a lot of time to do much. And like we talked about, sometimes it has to get worse before it gets better. Next year will be very telling. Um, the one guy I would just like to see them cut ties with is Vance Wilson. How does he still That's have a job? That's who I was going to say. How He's does he still have a job? He's got the worst coach 
He's got to be the worst coach in fucking sports history, man. We could send that guy. We could send one of us out there, like five fireball shooters deep, and I think we would be able to send guys home better than he would. Like, he <laughs> is dreadful at his job. It's no offense. Like, it, look, it's nothing personal, but golly, he sends guys and holds guys. Like, he, he's so good at making the wrong decision. It's unbelievable. Yep. He is. He sucks. He is the worst. I. You sound like Michael I, Scott I right know. now. Yeah, no. He's the I, worst. I can't use too many adjectives for him, man. He has. I think I said it before this year, Rose. Like, if there's one thing that like needs to get people to, like understand the Royals might be just as terrible is the fact that Vance Wilson's still here. Like, that is what you do when you are a loser organization. Is you have a guy that's proven to be incompetent time and time again. And there's no consequences. He's just allowed to keep doing it. And ah, it blows my mind. It's it's really a mess. It's terrible. I have no I have no words because like I said, I haven't yeah, you have not been paying attention yeah. at all well, this season. The best the best picture in baseball. Well, I mean it makes it hard whenever you can't even fucking watch them. Like if I had to watch fucking trash, I would, but I can't even because it's not offered. And I'm not going to go out of my way to fucking watch the Royals unless they're good, you know? I'm not trying to sound I, like a bandwagon. I'm not a bandwagon. I just know there's no I reason to go out of my way. I don't think you can fault a single Royals fan for hanging the hat up this year. I mean, it's just fucking terrible. And it's in the year where bad baseball has been the most bearable to watch because of the pitch clock. And even then, it's just, it's just a constant stream of, well, it's the rock. worst season in franchise history by a country mile. It's not even close. Like it's, yep. Which yep. should not have been possible. Like, but regardless, I don't, I'm not getting into them. I'm not even talking about them. Um, another thing we're going to note on, um, Zoo won 35-10 over South Dakota. I know John was not too high on them. He was at the game. Uh, they play Middle Tennessee this week. Any thoughts? No, I got I mean, fucked over a fucking point. Brady Cook got named starter for uh, week two. Sam Horn is now second string. There was never a quarterback competition, let's be honest. Yeah, never well, was. especially if fucking Elijah Drinkwitz only gives you five throws. Like, yeah. that's some fucking and then, bullshit. And then the, the bitch had the nerve to come on, and he's like, well, Brady got us 28 points, and Z- uh, Sam got us seven. Because you let him throw five fucking passes. Yeah, fucking yeah. fuck you, Elijah. You literally, oh, god damn it, you cost me my bet. <laughs> that's oh, okay, so we're pissed off about the bet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give. No, you no, no! I'm pissed. I'm pissed still over about Sam Horn not giving enough opportunity. I, I just, I, I'm sorry. I don't think there's really been many head coaches that are just so like fucking insufferable to listen to them talk. Like hearing Eli Drinkwitz speak is like nails on a chalkboard. To me. I, you guys remember the Eli Drinkwitz impression that I did all that time back? Yeah, it was so wildly inaccurate. Like. The new thing is just like, oh, I'm Eli Drinkwitz, and I want Sam Horn to have sex with my daughter when she's of age. Like, it's just crazy. It's or Brady Cook, whatever. Big difference. (laughs) I the 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 attempt to make us think that there was a quarterback competition, and then to literally let—I know we've all said it—but literally let Sam throw the ball five times, and then come on after and be like. Oh, we evaluated tonight, and Brady Cook clearly performed better. Yeah. It's just like, dude, do you think we don't have eyes? Like, it's just insane. And then he has the gall 
I don't know if you saw the next press conference where he was like, I'm not worried about public perception, what they say on social media, on TV, on the radio. He's like, we're all keeping it in here. And it's like, buddy, there are millions of people watching this shit. And I'm inclined to think that most of them are smarter than you. Um, did you guys see the meme? It was like, uh, you guys know the Stewie Griffin meme where he keeps running into the shit that he gets afraid of. Um, and yeah, it was yeah, wide yeah. receiver screen yeah, yeah. over and over <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. What the fuck? You know how I am about football. That is lame as hell. Especially when you have Luther Burden, who is going to go to the NFL and do big things. Or at least go to the NFL, which is a big deal when you're a college wide receiver. We're throwing wide receiver screens, man. We really haven't formulated a way for it to be better than this. Um, D- like, and that sucks th- ass. Like, does Kirby is Kirby Moore even doing anything? Because that looked like an Elijah Drinkwitz like complete game. That's, like that, like, what I said is, if you deep faked Mizzou and whatever Louisiana Tech the team we played last year, if you deep faked Louisiana Tech's jerseys onto South Dakota. I would have told you I was watching last year's season opener. <laughs> it was the exact same thing. The defense was dominant, and the offense was an absolute snooze fest. And we punted on fourth and inches at midfield. So, so I, that is so lame. I don't care who you're playing. Never punt there. I don't care what the score is. I don't give a shit if you're up 30 points. Do not punt fourth and inches between the 45s. I don't care what side you're on. Don't punt. It, oh, that blows my fucking mind. It, it is so frustrating. And you guys know something. K-State is going to run us out of the building. They're going to run us into – they're going to chase us all the way to St. Louis. That is how shit we are going to look when we play against them. It's going to be worse than last year. I'm telling you. We're going to get absolutely smacked. If Hard. we beat K State, would Mizzou rush the field? Because K State would be K State would be like thirteen or twelve. I mean, I don't think I think it'd be lame if we did. Like, if we beat K State, K State, and rush the field, that would be uh, that would be a bad look. I gotta say. Well, I mean, if if you're predicting the ass beating that you are, then if we upset them, that would be like the equivalent of us upsetting. Like a, a big time. I mean, school. Look, I'll go ahead and say it. We're we're the new KU. We're the new KU. Okay. We, stop it. Yeah, that's what we are. Stop move on. It. Move on. Move on. I'm done with stop this. I'm done. If we need to rush the field for a simple wee old win over K State, then be my guest. Move on. It'll fit right in with our new KU. Hey, who's the worst team in the SEC? Who do you think? Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Okay, I will beg to differ. I think it is Mizzou. You All right, you want to bet? I'll bet you a hundred bucks. You are such a hater. Well, I'm gonna get odds on that. Oh, I'm such a hater. Did you guys watch that game? It was awful, bro. It Vanderbilt beat Hawaii by seven. Dude, one of the touchdowns we scored, Brady Cook like did a did a move in the open field to like juke a guy. That is not gonna happen. A single time for the rest of his college yeah. career. And my see how he ran versus Arkansas it. last year? He like single handedly won us that game. See how he ran against Arkansas. Dude, he sucks. We're screwed. I'm not gonna lie. I, 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 I wanted a quarterback competition, but I think Brady Cook gives us the best chance to win right now. Dude, then then Sam Horn has to be the worst player ever. He should transfer <laughs> to Chattanooga or some bullshit. Like, that's his level. He's playing next year. Dude, but he's going to suck. He's going to blow. 
Alright, can we move on? Can we move on? If he can't outplay Brady Cook, dude, he must be We're going in fucking circles. Hate on Brady Cook, say Sam Horn sucks, then say we suck. There is no reason to keep doing this for 20 minutes. Did you see Basilac's stat line this week? I did. It was like 4 of 19 with like 2 picks or something. It was ridiculous. What's the McCann? What's the quarterback that we had, the other guy? TJ McCain. Tyler Macon. Macon. Tyler Macon. He got benched. He was even worse. And then, uh, yeah, yeah that, that was comedy, bro. They were and, like, and Brady Cook was behind both of these guys at one point. Let's remember that. That's hey, 2020 Connor Basilak was good. I don't care. Oh, 2020 Connor Basilak was bot. <laughs> All right. I don't know what to say, John. You just, every time we start talking Mizzou, I, you, I can't even breathe. You make me laugh. The so voice hard. of reason has to come. The voice, <laughs> the of, reason voice has of reason has to come around. Okay. Yeah. Okay. To remind all y'all what Mizzou football is actually. Who, all I have to say is, who, bring back De- <laughs> let Dennis coach the football team. Legit. <laughs> Just do that. I would love it. All right. Yeah. Let's let's give this. Who and nobody can repeat each other. Who was the biggest winner and loser of Week One in college football? Well, who's going first? Okay. I think it's pretty obvious who the biggest winner is. Yeah. Colorado. And I, think I said it's no pretty repeats. Ob- yeah. I said no repeats. So God damn it, Josh. All right, Josh took Colorado. I'll take I'll take the other obvious one in Florida State. I'll do Texas State. They were the team with the second most transfers this year behind. Texas State? They were 26-point underdogs to Baylor at Baylor, and they won 42 to Baylor's starting quarterback got fucking hurt. I don't care. It's Texas State, dog. They put up 42 points. That has nothing to do dog, with the quarterback. You're going re- to realize. Like, of the week, I'm not saying again. they're going to compete for a fucking championship. I'm just saying. I get that, but I'm just saying they don't beat Baylor if Baylor's starting quarterback doesn't get hurt because Josh, Baylor's starting quarterback has Baylor's been so, starting quarterback has, been, has nothing to do with them putting up 42 points. They had the second most transfers in the country behind Colorado, and they went in and won outright as 26 and a half point underdogs. I don't get uh, it. My biggest loser is Clemson. I mean, Dab- the Holy Clemson era is done. Like Dabo, Dabo's done. I know done. John is so happy about that. Oh, they fumbled at the goal line twice. And guess what? Davo Sweeney's arrogant ass has his own metric where he ex- literally examines his team and gives him a score for, like, integrity and discipline. And he always explains it in the most condescending-ass Davo Sweeney way. And you know what he said about this year's team? That they are the highest scorers on his metric ever. And what did they do? They fumbled twice at the goal line. And they gave up a touchdown where they literally had the quarterback swallowed up in the backfield, and he broke a tackle and took it forty yards to the house. I have, I have not laughed at at a football game sitting alone more in my life. I was cackling all night. I had I've never laughed at a football game sitting alone. Oh my god! I was literally like fucking just like cackling, just let it. Because every time Duke scored, they cut the Dabo Sweeney. And he has his freaking hands on his knees, and he's all bent over, like, "Oh, I can't believe this is happening." Ah, I hate that guy. I hope they go zero and freaking eleven. That'd be great. So, who's your biggest loser of the week, John? Who you want to take a big fat guess? Uh, who? Mizzou. The University of Missouri. They yeah. won. Right. 
It doesn't matter. We, we, we could have we could have lost 150 to fucking nothing, and we're still the biggest loser. That's why this shit is annoying. Move on. That's facts. We are the biggest loser. You're right, Josh. We are terrible. And okay, Jackson. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, Jackson, we were deprived of an opportunity. Just Jackson, who's your biggest loser? Who's your biggest loser, Jackson? My biggest loser of the week. It would have been Clemson, but I'm gonna have to go with South Carolina. They looked horrible against yeah, North they Carolina. Were, Their they offensive line looked terrible. It was crazy. I bet you, and you know who's not their quarterback? Brady Cook. Alright, shut gonna, the fuck I up. Gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say, the only part of South Carolina that looked good was Spencer Rattler. Every other part of that team looked terrible. They didn't tackle well, they had too many busted coverages, their offensive line was terrible. Like, But it, it's just what you kind of expect with Shane Beamer at this point. They always start terrible, but Good God, they looked absolutely dreadful in that game. They looked like they were sleepwalking on offense at times. Not not something you want to see out of a team that people had as like a sleeper SEC East team this year. All right, well. That- oh, not well, we want to know something we saw out of a sleeper SEC East team. If you've got time, I'll give it to you. But- we don't have time. We do have time for D4 <laughs> of the week before we get off. Perfect. Josh, you can go ahead if you have one. Uh uh, this happened to me on Friday when I was going home. Uh, my D4 of the week is when the gas pump is out of order and you don't realize it until you get out of your car. It's maybe like the, one of the most frustrating things ever, and it pisses me off. Like, there should be a fucking cone or something to stop you from it. But instead, all they have is just a bag over it, and it was a fucking clear bag. It wasn't even one of those yellow ones that say out of order. It was just, like, it pissed me the fuck off. All right, John. It, it's going one or two ways here. Okay, well, my D4 of the week is 29,866 people that have chosen to most likely move away from home and attend the shit can that is the University of Missouri-Columbia. What about for basketball? I, what about for basketball? I am D4 of the week. Hey, what, what was the last team we played in basketball? Princeton. Did we win? <laughs> no. Shithole. Shithole, shithole, shithole. <laughs> but you just is, said, Manson, can Dennis be our coach? Because I can't wait for basketball to be back. Yeah, because it's still infinitely better than the guy that literally justifies not giving another guy a chance at a starting job that he's probably more qualified for because he wants him to date his daughter. All right, that's just crazy. I can't even. I can't even get around my, my head around it. Um, I've done enough of this though. But M- Mizzou, yeah, you have done if enough you, of if this. You, if you've entwined yourself with Mizzou, whether you go there, whether you're a fan, I know people from freaking Saudi Arabia that came all the way here. You played yourself. What the hell were you thinking? Um, it's it's rough. Okay. <laughs> My D4 of the week are the Katz brothers, a.k.a. Chris Jones' agents. This thing is a freaking mess, man. I mean. Oh, my God. All right. We're going to have a little bit of a duke out here, I think. Well, here's the deal. Like, there's reports coming out, but it's hard to filter which reports are legit, which reports aren't. If I, like, what Nick Wright came out and said yesterday is they're $9.5 million apart. I saw a report that said they were like $4.7 million apart. But, are we talking about total or, or yearly? I'm pretty, I, I thought it was yearly. The four would definitely be yearly. I don't know. I saw something that they offered to, like, replace him like start the contract this year and then add two years onto it going forward. 
Um, but then I also so that said, was that was the Mike Florio report, and that actually was a, said that that's what Jones wanted, not what the Chiefs wanted. Okay, but it was Mike Florio, so like. Okay, but then you had the where Nick Wright went on there and talked about how they're nine and a half million dollars apart, and how Chris Jones wants to be the highest paid non quarterback in the league. Which, if that's the case, it's goodbye. It is just we'll be seeing you. It would contradict what he said, what we've heard earlier, that he wants to be the second behind Aaron Donald. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think this is a gigantic pissing mess. Like. I don't think that this goes down if Chris Jones has a different agent. The Cats brothers are trying to hit it big on their one big player that they have and hope that it sparks him into getting more players, and it's just become a gigantic mess. Okay, my question for you is, do you think that there is not a team in the NFL that would give Chris Jones three years, three years, let's say $93 million. That's $31 million a year. There is not a I, well-run organization that would do that. There okay, are there are organizations there that, would. that would. Do that? There are organizations yes, that would, but there's not a well-run that. organization that would do that. Okay, then if the answer to that question is yes, I think that all the fault for this mess has to be put on the Kansas City Chiefs, in my opinion. And my reason for that is the Chiefs had the opportunity to trade him before the draft. That was always around. He's been under contract. It's not like we had to do the whole tag-and-trade charade that gets all complicated. We literally could have traded him. Now, we have known since then what he was going to ask for, did we not? And basically, our whole idea on this was that uh, these other defensive tackles would be signed, um, and that would theoretically be able to help them secure a deal for Jones that pays him closer to the, the third highest paid defensive tackle instead of the first. But... I think Chris Jones is well, like the Chiefs are well within their rights to do that. But Chris Jones is also well within his rights to hold out to make that money. And I I just think that the Chiefs have kind of played their hand poorly here. Um, they they really, I think, I think they've known the entire time what it is Chris Jones is looking for. Um, and I think Chris Jones knows the number he's asking for is something he'd get elsewhere. So I don't really see where... The, the, the fault lies with the Chiefs. Like you needed to decide when it was still opportune whether or not you wanted to keep him on your roster as a dead spot or trade him. Uh, we waited around thinking he would come off his pedestal, and he seems to have no intentions of doing that. And I think it's kind of become personal at this point too. Like yeah. I don't think it's actually the money that matters to Chris Jones. I think he's just kind of like, well, fuck it. Like I'm going to get what I want. Um, yeah. It's 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 really going on as a complicated situation, but I don't know, man. I have a tough time, tough time saying it's the Cats brothers. Like, I think the Chiefs expected Chris Jones to not hold out for one of those deals. Which look, I mean, Chiefs players have taken team friendly deals in the past, but it's by no means an expectation, I think, and it just hasn't worked out for them. Um, so it's interesting to see. The thing about it is, it's going to end up swinging into the Chiefs' balance anyway because Chris Jones has to play by Week 8. I don't know if you guys have seen, but like, if he doesn't play before Week 8, he doesn't like register a year. Like This contract will carry into next season. Yeah. He'll still be under contract with the Chiefs next year. Yeah. Um, so it's a mess, man. It, it really is because it's weird how far away these bases are. I just think at this point, 
And look, I understand that NFL teams sign players all the time and cut them, but that's why there's guaranteed money in the deals. I think at this point, you agreed to, I don't care if you've overperformed this contract. You agreed to this contract. You signed this number for this many years. Get your ass out there and play. Okay. But, but the contract says also, the contract also says that if you want to play for nothing, you can play for, or if you want to, if you want to sit out for nothing, you can sit out for nothing. Sure. Like, I think that's a, but it's selfish as hell to do that. Is, but okay, let me ask you this: What if it comes out today that Chris Jones tore his Achilles at practice? What that, kind of contract extension is he going to get? That could happen year? to anybody in any yeah, profession but, in so, life. So why would you? So why in the hell would you risk it when before you get your money? Because it is a ninety million dollar risk. If he tears his Achilles, tears his ACL, I think the best contract that Chris Jones is signing next year is like one year. 15 million. He, he has to risk that anyway, eventually. Like it's not no, like he, not a, If no, it gets to week contract, if it gets to week 9 or week 8, he's not going to sit yeah. out. He comes in week 10, doesn't get the new contract, gets hurt. What did he accomplish? He Okay, well, first of all, I mean, yes, if he gets hurt in that situation then he's damned either way. But what I'm saying is if he were to come out today and say I'm going to play and then he gets hurt, what the hell did he accomplish that time? What did, what did he accomplish in that situation? But like, but my point is, asking, it can happen either way. Okay, but and, and sure, it can happen either way, but that doesn't make him selfish for wanting to avoid the possibility of that happening. It because makes him it selfish happen, that everybody else is out there risking injury. There's other guys on contract years yeah, out is, there risking is injury. Anyone else, is anyone else risking $90 million by getting hurt? No, not a single person on the Chiefs roster is. Literally nobody. Like I, I just I think it's I think it's a little bit selfish of Chiefs fans to expect Chris Jones to cater to them. Like he clearly laid out to the Chiefs, this is the con. When I sign my next contract, it is going to be for this amount of money. You can do it before this season, or I can get it in free agency with another team. The ball is in your court. I don't think we can tell Chris Jones he's selfish for not wanting to step onto the field until he has that money inked. I mean, ninety million dollars, guys. $90 million. But the Chiefs and today would give him a, somewhere in the ballpark of 70 and mid-70s, probably. They they would yeah. stick. It's not like he could sign a deal today. I, there is a deal on the table he can sign that would set yeah, him up a, for the deal, rest of his and life. It's a deal, and it's worth less money than what is going to happen if he gets to test There's the open There's no market. guarantee you're going to get $90 million next offseason. That's not a guarantee. If Chris Jones avoids a catastrophic injury going to the end of the year, I promise you there is not a single damn situation where Chris Jones plays for anything under, like, pretty close to what Aaron Donald makes. Maybe it's not $90 million, Maybe it's something like 86 but with a lot guaranteed. I'm just saying, I think, I, think, I think you want the Chiefs to win football games, and I understand that. And Chris Jones is an employee in, a, in an industry where you slam your head and body into other people. And he is saying, I want to make as much money as I possibly can for my services of slamming my head and body into other people. So who are we to say that he's selfish for making sure that he secures as much money as he can for slamming his head and body into other heads and bodies. 
I, Here, I, here's I my just... argument, though, with this. Is that, that's fine and all. And I get that, and I want players to get paid. I wasn't upset when he skipped training camp. I understood that. I got it, okay? People do that all the time. What makes me upset is he agreed to a contract that would that have says, him under contract this, this year. year. That says, but the, the contract nowhere says you you are in violation of this contract if you do not, if you choose to sit out at any point. It just says if you choose to sit out, you do not get this money. Like Which like completely contract- contradicts what he's trying to do. If you're trying to make more money, why would you sit out and cost yourself money? Because if you play, you can cost yourself even more money. Like, cost yourself a small amount now to gain yourself a big enough la- a big amount later. If he plays and gets a bad injury, or God, even if, even if he sucks, he's not going to get the money that he's basically entitled to. Because if he hit free agency today, if the Chiefs cut him, someone would sign him for the amount of money that he is willing to sign for. So say like, say say like right now, the Chiefs signed him and did the deal he wanted for three years, right? So he plays this year uh-huh. and next year. We're in the same fucking boat in two years where it's going to be the last year of his contract and he's going to do the same shit. He's well, gonna... it would be a three-year deal, so it would be this year and two more years. And, yeah! With... Which is bullshit! This is a stupid fucking okay, way to go then, about then it. Then you're siding with, you're siding with, like, the you're siding against a player getting his value then. Like, I don't understand I'm siding do against a player... Fucking signing a contract and then in the last year saying like, well, I don't want to take any chances, so just screw screw this. I'm not playing. Well, then then the Chiefs should have wrote in the contract that you have to give money back if you choose not to play. I mean, I he is giving money back by not playing. He's not. Yeah, he is. But what's then selfish about it is he's not going to play if he. Let's say he decides to sit the whole year out, which I don't think he'll do. But like what Le'Veon Bell did, where he didn't play the whole season. Then Chris Jones fucked the team over cap salary wise because they had him on the books this yeah, entire okay, offseason. Then, then I'll turn the argument to you, I'll turn the argument to you the other way. All right. Chris Jones told the Chiefs well before the draft, hey, I am going to sign for this amount of money. If you don't give me that money, I'm going to sit out. And so you have the option in the world to trade me or have me sit out. Like the ball is just as much of the Chiefs. Fucked Chris Jones just as much as Chris Jones is fucking the Chiefs. Chris Jones said, hey, I won y'all two Super Bowls, and I'm the second best defensive tackle in the NFL, and I'm only a little bit worse than Aaron Donald. So the next time I step on a football field, I'm going to be getting paid like that. And guess what? The contract that I signed five years ago said I'm completely within my rights to do that. Three years ago, it says I'm completely within my rights to do that. So I don't see how we're being selfish here. When he's just doing what anybody knowledgeable would do in this situation. Like, I, people are just calling him selfish because they're upset that a really good player isn't going to be playing for the Chiefs this year. And somehow the Chiefs have manufactured the narrative that everyone is turning on the guy that won them two Super Bowls. Like, I don't know, man. This, this one really hurts my brain. Guys, I get we're, we're just going to go back and forth. I mean, that's the I, point of I, I want, debate. Is we're going yeah, to but forth. we've been doing this for... T- 15 minutes, I swear. You haven't even chimed I, in. What do you think? I mean, I think when you look at it, if it would be smart for both sides to come to an agreement now. I think Christian takes maybe a slight pay cut 
so that he can get the contract he wants. I think you bringing up the idea of what if he gets hurt this year is something I haven't thought about money-wise for Chris Jones. And that's the risk you take, like John said. But I don't think he gets hurt. So it's like at what point, who's going to budge first? And I don't think it, we're budging and I don't think Chris Jones is budging. And it's going to suck that we're just going to lose him for no value. Like, all I'm saying is, okay, the Chiefs getting stung by Chris Jones sitting out this year, it is it is 100% a situation that the Chiefs had every opportunity to avoid. But the Chiefs said, oh, well, either way, he'll play for us next year because he has to, which he does. But he says, okay, that's fine. I'm going to play as little as I have to because you're extorting me. I'm going to extort you back. Like, it doesn't seem that complicated to me here. We can be frustrated Jones isn't playing. I just think the the impulse to say he is fucking us is a bit much because I think maybe the Chiefs should have foreseen this coming and said, okay, he's going he's gonna to sit out and we don't want to pay him the amount that other teams will pay him. Kind of sounds like a certain Tyree kill. Um, so maybe we should trade him. Like, I, I don't know. Or, or, or if we're not going to give him that money, we should trade him. I, I don't know. I think he is, he is acting completely within his bounds. I struggle a lot to make this, like, angry at Chris Jones. Like, I think I'd be a little bit like, what the hell, too? What's the point of him playing these first eight weeks? What's the point of him putting his body on the line? But the argu- so, like, what you're times. arguing is every single time a player gets in the last year of their contract, they should do this. They should just be like, Fuck. pretty much, yeah. which is bold. Like that is going to cause a lockout. If that shit happens, the NFL will lock out again. If that okay, if that well, continues to happen, the, the owners are not going to keep doing that. When I when I uh, okay, but I'm not saying that because when a player comes to this situation, usually there is a dialogue before the draft that says, "Hey, this is what I know I'm worth." I'm going to hold out for it. You can give it to me, you can trade me, or I'm going to sit. I bet these conversations happen all the fucking time. And I think finally we found one where the Chiefs were a little bit bit off more than they can chew and said, all right, you'll sit, whatever. We're just going to sit on it and offer you, we're going to lowball you repeatedly. Like, And Chris Jones has said, dude, I've already made $60 million. I can miss out on 20 if it means I'm going to make 90 in the next three years. I I don't know. I just think the situation you've described does not equate to selfishness with me. It equates to maximizing your own personal value, which is what every individual employee in every field in the world should be setting out to do. If your company came to you and said, hey, we need to wait before we give you that raise we promised you, you can say, all right, I'll keep working. Or you can say, all right, fuck you. I'll find another job. Like, it, I don't know. It, it, it. And, and the thing is, Jackson, is you are very much in the majority here. Like, I am a, I am a small voice in the Chiefs. I have to avoid certain corners of Twitter because a lot of it is just people hating on Chris Jones, which I, honestly bothers me. Um, but I don't know, man. It's just – it's a situation that I don't think is going to get resolved until week eight when Chris Jones doesn't have any choice but to play. Like, we know that's coming. All right. Well – We'll see. It's good dialogue. Glad that we honestly glad we disagree because it's it's interesting yeah, to hear the other side's point of view. I like debating it. Yep. That's all we have and, for this and, week. Oh, Prime. No one. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say there's no one taking up this. Really, no one in in Chiefs media taking up this flag that I have. So I'm happy to carry water for the very small. Let's chill out on Chris Jones contingent. I also uh, want to point something out that kind of end on a funny note. Uh, so Trey Turner. Nine months ago, 
signed agree uh, to this day signed an agreement with the Phillies. Today he got put on uh, the uh, paternity list. Classic. So, so that man, classic. That man signed the contract and then went straight to bed. So. <laughs> Just, dog just little, just that's dog, you know how Dion has on the jerseys if they're lead the L for leader, D for dog. Yeah, that's a dog. Trey Turner, dog of the week. All right. That's all for this week's episode. We will see y'all next week for a recap <laughs> and a preview of week two. Peace.